You are listening to Snack Chat, the world's crispiest snack discussion. Anything else to add? No. Bye. And your dummies. Hello listeners, sorry we've been away for a while, but now we're back and we want to snack more than ever with you, so won't you join us? Are you getting a bit bored of Zoom uh, communication? I avoid them as much as possible. It's, it's, it is not a decent way. It's only good for communicating in very specific circumstances. Such as this? This. It's good for quizzes. And it is good for work meetings. It's good for quizzes in that you can have multiple people yeah. listening in. But what <laughs> we can't have is multiple people just trying to have a conversation. It's appalling for that. It's up it absolutely gash for that. Mm. And I don't understand why people try and insist on, on like doing it. Uh, good morning, at Windsor. Good morning. I'm very glad to have been able to join you. Can you see everybody? You should have six people on your screen. Yes, well, I can see four anyway. It's British Sandwich Week this week. Is it? Did you not know that? No, I didn't know. No, I haven't had a sandwich all week. Well, I had a burger, really? I don't count. It's a burger well, it's, sandwich, is it? Uh, I mean, it's it's meat between two pieces of bread. Yeah. Maybe it's time you, you uh, made yourself a sandwich, because I have bagged us our first ever special guest. This geezer, uh, he's actually been on TV, and that his name is Max Halley, and he's mm. the proprietor of Max's Sandwich Shop in Finsbury Park. Oh, Ever yeah. heard of him? I've have, I have heard of Max's Sandwich Shop, I've never been there. Oh, okay. Well, it's, yeah, it's a kind of cult uh, eatery like uh, nighttime place for to go and yeah, eat a sandwich and have a couple of drinks and whatnot. He's um, a bit of a bon vivant, a sandwich don. He's featured on TV, radio and has his own book on the art of making extraordinary sandwiches. According to the Evening Standard, Halley's laugh, his love of drink, his hospitality and infectious warmth have made him a much-loved part of London's food and drink world. So I uh, did a little Zoom chat with him earlier. Oh, yeah. I'm about to start embarking on ice cream. I, um, oh, really? Yeah. I, um, I've always loved custard. Mm, Just always. ideologically as a thing. Custard <laughs> is... <laughs> custard is a beautiful thing. And... Um, oh. I got this fantastic book. Where is it? Oh shit! Uh, it's really one of the most beautifully written cookbooks I have ever come across. It's written by well, can you see? Oh, that looks cool. La Grotta Ices. Apparently, La Grotta is a, is like grotto. It means a little cave in Italian. What she, does that say? Kitty trousers. Kitty Travers. She writes like a hero. All the colours in the orange. book are so oh, yeah. well chosen, and like all the nice. pictures are gorgeous. And she's got a res uh, a recipe for pea ice cream. Pea pod ice cream. Mad. And it was so nice. It's all come together. So I got this book because I wanted it for ages, and I thought. And lockdown, I treat myself. 
And um, I was just reading this book thinking like, oh, yeah, but who the fuck has an ice cream machine at home? And literally, like, the next day, my mum made me go through all these boxes of stuff. And what did I find in there but my granny's ice cream machine? So it just very seems... serendipitous. Yeah, very serendipitous. And so, yeah, that's my plan, is that now I'm going to start, as someone who's always loved custard anyway and got this amazing book and found my granny's ice cream machine, it would be churlish not to start making ice cream. <laughs> but I'm not going to do the pea one. There's... No, 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 not yet anyway. I like nut ice creams. I always love pistachio, oh, yeah. hazelnut. I... Peanut. Peanut. Macadamia. Red pistachio nut. Natural, all natural, white pistachio nut. I love that movie. Did you, did you see that guy Fred Willard died the other day? Fred Willard, he's, is he? Is he a huge fat man? He sounds like it, but he's one of the blokes out of a lot of those Christopher Guest movies. Oh, is he? Um, he's the commentator and best in show. Oh, my God, I love that guy. That would be funny. I don't know if they can do this. Uh, uh, just an idea off the top of my head. Why didn't he put the blood on, put on one of those Sherlock Holmes hats and put a little pipe in his mouth? Are they ever allowed to do anything like that, dress up a dog in a funny way? No, that's uh, it's not quite what the uh, purpose of these shows is. But it would, I think it would really get the crowd going. You know, you know what I mean? The Sherlock Absolutely, Holmes hat yes. with the pipe. I don't know if you could make it look like smoke's coming out of the pipe. I think that would be a little dangerous. <laughs> I'd get a kick out of it. Genius guy. Yeah, I love that guy. I, I, I love Best yeah. in Show. You're going to make frozen custard. Going to make frozen custard. The One of the only ways uh, way to make custard even nicer, I think. I was wondering what, obviously, talking about getting back to crisps. Yeah. And a lot of your, well, all of your sandwiches have like a crisp element to them, don't they? Yeah, all of them have got a deep fried element and that is nearly <laughs> always crisps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So what is it? What is it? Why is the, the, fry, the deep fried crisp thing... It, I mean, it's addictive. It's, it's, it's addictive and it's it's important because it it sounds so stupid, but you know, there's like there's that that that, that famous cliche with that we eat with our eyes, and what the cliche should be is that we eat with all our senses. We eat with yeah. our eyes, our mouth, our nose, and our ears, and that. Like, it's the feeling in your mouth when you crunch the sandwich and there's that noise and you hear the crunch. That That's why the sandwiches at the sandwich shop, A, are so satisfying because they are even appealing to your ears. <laughs> and this sounds like one of those things where I'm going to get stitched up on the internet later, where it's like, twat, twat claims that, um, that he eats with his ears. Um... Twat, fat sandwich twat claims he eats with his ears. No, but that that the uh, that it's that it's that sound that when you crunch the sandwich and you get your teeth feel the crisps breaking and your ears hear that weird like hearing you have where you're hearing what's inside you. That that is so satisfying because that is the bit of nearly all food that is missing completely. That's why eating raw carrots and cucumber is somehow so satisfying because they're so yeah. crunchy. They sound great. Like, you know, you have we have two hearings. We have me hearing you talking and then we have that, you know, me like clicking my tongue in my mouth and making a sound yeah. that you can't yeah. hear, but I can. But it well, is... Because well, you're, a, you're, a, you're a don of, of, of fried foods as well as sandwiches. Mm. 
what what is it about you know putting stuff in breadcrumbs and is I don't it, know. Is That's it, what they say, the right? There ain't no treat like a breaded meat. They, <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't know what it is. I think a I think fried things are inherently satisfying because yeah. you know from back in the day when we went when we'd mastered fire and we started eating cooked meat instead of raw meat mm. that are there's something inherently in us that yeah. likes that caramelized slightly burnt flavor is, is, is yeah. i think is just immediately satisfying to like humans barbecued, Bar- like barbecued meat. food it's just delicious isn't it yeah, and yeah. i think that a lot of us some of us more than others uh if you see me with my fucking shirt off um <laughs> like more that we have this kind of natural affiliation to things with a high ha- calorific content yeah. and that you know, fried stuff is really highly calorific. And I think that sometimes that is what our brain perceives as deliciousness because we've yeah, still course. got that animal thing in us. where yeah, pure energy. Yeah, exactly, where we're, like, looking for calories to burn. And, like, yeah. you know, that's why you want to yam the whole tub of celebrations, not just fucking have one and put it back in the fridge or whatever, right? Yeah, that yeah, It's yeah. like there's something in us about that biological requirement to consume, to, to like exploit opportunities to consume loads of calories. And I think that maybe there's just like fried, A, it's got the caramelly deliciousness thing. Like you don't, it's not a far leap for anyone to understand that a deep fried salted slice of potato is much nicer than a raw slice of potato. <laughs> it's, it's not rocket science. <laughs> it's not fucking rocket science, is it? Like, mm. What about flavors? I mean, you're, you've 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 gone for salt and vinegar, which is yeah, a straight up banger. It's, it's my default it's every time. Yeah. Apparently, the, it's the British are the only people that put vinegar on their chips. Oh, really? I I, that's what I heard, but maybe maybe that's bullshit. But, well, I don't um, know. Now now you mentioned it, I think about it's a tang. It's like it's similar to a, a, a spice. Uh, yeah chili spice isn't it it's like something that really hits you like it gets it's you it's piquant isn't it it's stimulates you yeah and that that's acid like that that's it's just seasoning isn't it it's like yeah. salt and acid i remember there's a brilliant thomas keller i can't remember if it was like an interview or in one of his cookbooks where he's explaining like i came across it years ago and it just blew my thomas tiny keller being uh, thomas like keller a... yeah sorry very fancy high level american chef um, oh, yes. He was the first person in the world to have two, three Michelin star restaurants open at the same time, I think. It was like before Ducasse. Oh, gee, you know, you'll have to fact check that. That's a top fact. Anyway, he had the French Laundry in California and yeah. he had Per Se in New York, both of which had three Michelin stars. And yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I was watching, it was like, it's either an interview or in his cookbook i can't remember where he explains that it's this weird thing where we've been taught in classic french cookery that how you season something is you you add salt and pepper and and he says like what is with this pepper business it's like pepper is a spice it adds the flavor of pepper to things like that is not what seasoning is salt and acid are seasonings. You add salt and acid, be it lemon juice or vinegar or verjuice or whatever, 
and yeah. and they enhance other flavors like putting salt in something doesn't make it taste salty it makes the other things taste more you have to put a lot of salt in to make it until it gets to salty whereas yeah, before salt, yeah. yeah and the same with vinegar when you make a tomato sauce like you just cook down a tin of tomatoes you know, try that before and after you put a tablespoon of vinegar in it and it tastes like a completely different thing. And and I, that's what I love about, about salt and vinegar crisps. It's like you're basically taking this relatively innocuously flavoured thing, the deep fried slice of potato, and you're adding, you're making it taste of the most you possibly can by putting salt and vinegar on it. And that's just, yeah. that's a wonderful, that's a gift to us all. What is your, uh, what would be your sort of, Desirable pub snap seeing it as you know, oh my pubs God. aren't open at the moment. But what is the, scampi fries? Got to be the scampi fries. Scampi yeah. fries. I love prawn cocktail crisps. Um, oh, yeah. I learned from Holly Chavez that what you do is you get the bag of scampi fries and you ask the person working on the bar for a couple of bits of lemon and you squeeze a bit of lemon in your scampi fries. Boom, boom. Bang. Boss, boss move. And right yeah, by but, the seaside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Banging. Only thing, only thing missing is the disco. I love discos. Oh, oh. Mate, I love discos. That like yeah. repack, repressed powdered pos- yeah. potato starch. I don't yeah. care if that's an industrial product. I couldn't give a shit. It's delicious. Yeah, well, that's a great thing, isn't it? You can't, you can't replicate that in in a, in a kitchen. No, you so can't. You can't make a fuck, disco at home. Whereas I can make a kettle chip eyes, any day of the week. And there is something to be said for just foodstuffs that you couldn't make yourself. The truth is, we yeah. could all make. In fact, that's quite an interesting thing. Try making a monster munch at home. Like, I bet that would take 10 years and you'd have to spend 100 grand on cooking equipment. Yeah. Just go to the shop and buy some monster munch rather than pissing your life away. <laughs> the, and we can all sit at home and make kettle chips and whatever the, uh, you know, the 100% pure potato ones like. Uh, what's your take on um, the kind of natural wine thing? You know, Ooh. nature wines. I mean, I like. And all that. Yeah, I, that is, for me, that the natural wine thing is a big part of. Um, it all comes. It all come. It goes hand in hand with the Scandinavian food movement. So yeah. you had you had molecular gastronomy, where you have like Heston Blumenthal and El Bulli and places like that, where it was all about kind of using culinary technique to break down, uh, you know, a fucking beetroot or whatever and, like, do something mad clever to that beetroot so you can turn it into a gas and breathe it in or, like, whatever the fuck. And that was, like, this triumphing almost of technique kind of defeating the ingredients almost. And, And at the same time as that, in the wine world, there was what were called the flying winemakers where you had a relatively small number of extremely well-thought-of winemakers who flew around the world and charged companies loads of money. And, you know, they they taught wineries in Australia or Italy or wherever they were going, California, South America, how to make wine or how to make wine in certain styles. And so there was that you know, that kind of similarity between wine, even yeah. even really good wine and bad wine probably shared a lot of similar techniques in, ha- in how it was produced and the style that they were aiming for and stuff like that. And then Scandinavian food comes along, like Rene Redzepi, and he, ju- and he yeah. starts saying, 
what you might get on a plate in the restaurant is you get three completely raw ingredients where there's they've not had any cooking done to them at all. There's been no triumphing of tech culinary technique. And it's just that the chef's palate is saying, I've picked these three things that go together really well, like beef, raw beef, oysters and some kind of green. And when you eat them together, you're like, oh, fuck, that's delicious. But there's been no cooking involved in that process at all. And it's just the chef's palate. And then at that same time was when natural wine started taking off, where the the wine maker began to become much less important and it was much more an expression of the ground and the climate where the grapes grew and the, that low intervention style of winemaking rather than the high intervention style of winemaking which was expressive of the winemaker and not of really of the grape and the land and the weather and so yeah, but, but that cook, that cooking process has been refined over so so many years in Italy and France and it's kind of you know there's something to be said for the, the same thing with wine presumably I mean I, yeah. I, I don't know anything but yeah. no but like I, I'm, I'm not I'm not bad mouthing any of them like I think all of those things are great like I would yeah, as yeah, much yeah. like Rene Redzepi's plate of well-chosen raw shit that he's dug out of the <laughs> beach or fucking found in his mum's hedge or whatever <laughs> you know I, 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 I I'm I'm a I'm a lotus eater right I just I like everything yeah. And you like it all. I like the whole lot. I think it's great. So I, I yeah. like natural wine and I like that it's yeah. it's very expressive of where it was grown and of what the grape yeah. tastes like and stuff. And and it's not so fiddled with. But I also like, you know, I also yeah. like completely oh. conventional wine <laughs> made in made in much more old fashioned. Weirdly, it's weird to say that the old fashioned wine is the one where the winemaker interrupts more. Uh, anyway, so that that might that might work. Stick that in the middle somewhere. Yeah, but it's definitely got to go in the middle. Yeah, well, it's a sandwich, isn't it? Friend of the show, former uh, voice contributor, the uh, the lovely Monique. Oh yeah. You are listening to Snack Chats, the world's crunchiest snack-related podcast. She last time she was over in Britain, she gave me some uh, Dutch crisps. So um, we've got three bags. The great thing about Dutch is Dutch. that all, all yeah. their words, if you even yeah. though they even though they look foreign, if you just read them out loud, they just sound like English. English. So, <laughs> so, Z's out. That's a sea salt, isn't it? Oh yeah. Z Z E E Z O U T, sea salt. So we've got Z's out. Paprika, of course. Yeah. And ribble. Which is uh, their rippled. Oh, yeah. So, three bags. They buy, they buy Herk, Herkshire, Herkshire chips, Op de Burdil, Op de Burderai, Gebacken, De Alla Lekkerst, Aline Naturalite Ingredienten. 
All natural ingredients, <laughs> I reckon that's what it means. That's probably, yeah, you're probably right there. Quite heavy bags. Looks, 150 grams. This look quite, what, that one you've got in your hand is quite see-through. Well, it's very see-through, it's cool. Yeah, no, they're completely see-through bags. I was thinking the other day, you don't get any, virtually any see-through crisp bags in the UK these days. No, it's all, it's all foil, isn't it? I think, yeah. I, 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 I think maybe like a foil maybe keeps them preserved for longer or something. Yeah. But you would, don't think you'd need that with crisps, because, you know, they get gobbled up so quickly. On the eigen getilde aardappelen wurde uxte chips. What does that mean? These are going for the ripple there, the ribble. What flavour? They are very, very lightly salted. They might be a bit stale. Best before 11th of the 1st. <laughs> 20. <laughs> so they're four, they're four months out of date. Oh well. Maybe we should have put them in foil bags. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty rubbish. I mean, what is Dutch food? I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I know they're like um, um, those um, hundreds of thousands, aren't they? Sprinkles. They have them in sandwiches. That's the only Dutch food I know. Um, space you can't cakes. eat tulips, can you? You could try. Pancakes? Oh, yeah, Dutch pancake. That's a thing, isn't it? Oh, street waffle. Oh, yeah, the waffles. The waffles. They must like chips. They must like, you like the Belgians. They must be into, you know, chips drenched in mayo. You know what they put on french fries in Holland instead of ketchup? What? Mayonnaise? Uh, <laughs> I've seen them do it, man. They fucking drown them in this shit. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what they, maybe these are, maybe you're meant to put mayonnaise on these. <laughs> you need to put something. You need to put something else on them. They're, they're so bland. You know what oh, I think we're going to do? I've, I've what? Talk, all this talk about sandwiches. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to make a crisp sandwich. Yeah. One sec. We'll be back. What flavour? Frozen. Hello, are you still there? Just one look and then my heart went boom Suddenly and we were on the moon Flying high in a neon sky oh, oh. Sometimes my entire internet just uh, just completely stops working I've got my crisp sandwich now. That was a perfect timing, really, wasn't it? Mm. What have you got in it? Crisps. Brannigans. I know a man called Michael Brannigans. He's got Brannigans on his Jannigans. <laughs> Not as mustardy, mustardy as I used to be. 
Well, if you have a sandwich, maybe. you can add your own condiments, can't you? I mean, you could slather some more mustard on there. That's, that's a very good point. But presumably my taste buds have been sort of taken quite a beating over the years. And when I was younger, the, the mustard would have more of a, an effect, yeah. I don't know. Back to your crisps, anyway. Third bag. Let's do our third time's a charm. Oh, yeah. Let's go for the old... Uh, European favourite, paprika, paprika. Oh yeah. Smoked or just just standard? Um. Don't know, but these have the earliest, the best, best before date, the fourth of the first twenty. So <laughs> these might be quite rubbery. Right. Is that why she gave them to you? Because they're just all out of date? No, they gave them to me last year. I've been waiting for <laughs> an opportunity moment to eat them. It seems that you're inundated with crisps. These are, these are truly horrible. Mm. They don't taste like... You know how all other paprika crisps taste kind of like, a, almost like barbecue flavour, don't they? Yeah. These just taste like burnt, taste like burnt crisps. Hi, I'm Burnt Crisp. Not Burnt Crisp. Oh, they're terrible. Oh dear. So, is your overall uh, sort of impression of Dutch crisps thus far a bit bland and... I think the Dutch are going to have to go some way to, um, you know, yeah. impress me now. Do you think they're spending too much time buying and watching pornography that they are unable to put together a decent crisp? Actually, to be honest with you, what with the um, advent of free pornography on the internet now, it's probably, it's, they're probably all out of business, aren't they, those sorts of places in Amsterdam and whatnot? Well, I just wonder, I, I, the thing I've wondered about pornography is, why is new pornography being made? <laughs> There's so much out there's there. So, there's so, such a vast quantity of it. Surely, there, surely there's not enough people that go, oh, I need to have a modern haircut in this, otherwise I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the only, only reason I can think of for making newer stuff. Is to change it, like is the, the haircuts change. I don't like the, the, uh, the choice of curtains in this hotel room. Mm. I'll look for something else. You put mayonnaise in that sandwich? Yeah. yeah. Hellman's. How continental. Well, are you talking about Dutch crisps? Yeah. Me talking about sandwiches, or mentioning it, came to, that, came to that point. Yeah, I've not got much in the way of crisps this week. I've, I had a little look around the shops. I've got a bag of Oman crisps upstairs. But oh, man! I do have, as soon as it's hotter than a... Kangaroo's jockstrap yeah. today. I've got um, I've got a couple of ice creams to try. Ooh. Ice cream with crunched up crisps sprinkled on it. Would that be a nice thing? Maybe. What's that? Got to go to the freezer. So, Rusko, can you guess what I purchased? There's two, two, two types here. Right. Where did you purchase them from? Um, the the uh, the local boss man. Convenience store. Okay. Um, 
Are, from a little slidey fridge. Are any thing. of them from the Magnum range? Nope. Uh, are they manufactured by Walls? Nope. Are they ice cream versions of existing chocolate bars? Yeah. Uh, Mars ice cream? No. Snickers? Yep. Oh. Can you, were you, are you old enough to remember when Snickers was called a marathon? Yeah, of course I am, yeah. And was that a like, why did they change the name? To, to standardise it across the world. Who's called, it's called Snickers in America. In my job, preparation is everything. But if I get hungry between meals, I lose my concentration. Marathon takes care of that. Because it's packed with peanuts, it's so satisfying. It helps keep me going. Which means I stay on top, and then I'm ready, ready to tackle anything. Marathon really satisfies. Yeah, I remember all the old names. Uh, all, oh, got it. Um, Jif, Opal Fruits. <laughs> oh, Opal Fruits, and they always... Oil of Yule. Yeah. You got any more? Um, Vauxhall Cavalier. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just a model, different model of car. Oh, um, Golden, um, one of the butters. It was called Golden Churn, and it became Golden Crown. I think it's called something else now. The Golden Churn used to come in little churn-shaped pots. That's her globalisation for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No wonder um, people rail against it. So I've got a Snickers, and I've also got a Bounty. Oh, and I know that I was going to get a Kit Kat as well, and I just thought that's just being greedy because I've not tried. I've not tried the Bounty nor the Kit Kat. Well, I'm firmly of the belief that, that the Mars ice cream is much yeah. nicer than an actual Mars bar. Yeah, yeah. I'd say the same about the Snickers. I know that I like Snickers. I just bought it because I wanted to eat it. But the Bounty, I had a Bounty the other day. Now I'm I'm a bit worried about this because that that um, what's it called desiccated? Is yeah, it gets you get stuck in your teeth. I don't know. Is it worth? Is it worth it? It's not transporting me to the Bahamas or whatever. That's like it's like I've shoveled like some gritty snow into my mouth <laughs> and it tastes slightly sweet because like an, an alky's pissed on it or something. It's not as nice as a, 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 a regular bounty bar. Is it just coconut flavoured ice cream? Yeah, not really nice at all. Quite surprised it was in the fridge. Freezer. Well, I also wonder why the Kit Kat. It's it's like a it's like a ice cream on a on a stick. Oh, is it? Which is quite disappointing because it'd be quite cool. If it was like a chalk ice in f- four fingers. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh. This isn't very interesting, is it? Do I'm you, just going to eat the Snickers. Do you know who invented the um, the concept of the chalk ice on a stick? Because obviously mm. previously they just had chalk ices, which were just a bar. Yeah. And put it on a stick. But then who came up with the idea of putting it on a stick, which obviously then led to the Magnum? Hmm. Do you know who it was? Um, Margaret Thatcher. Even better, it was Sir Roger Moore. Fuck off. It was. He didn't invent he that. He did. He was eating, a, he, he loved a chalk ice. And then he, and one he day, and then one day, he, um, 
he thought, well, this would be much improved if it had a stick in it. And then so he uh, and then sent a letter to Wolves, or whoever, I think probably Wolves, and said, uh, yeah, have you considered putting a stick in your chalk eyes? And, and, and so the Magnum was born. No way. Is that what they call it, a Magnum? No, well, that, that's a Tom Selleck, but Tom Selleck invented it, really. It should have. Should really call it a persuader or a saint. Austin, Austin Martin. Yeah. You're a, you're a big fan of Roger Moore. Certainly am. The Bond, the Bond movies. Mm-hmm. What's your favourite? Uh, the Spy Love Me. Spy Love Me. Yeah. What, 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 are the, what are the famous scenes or characters in that one? The Spy Love Me is the first film to have Jaws in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it has the uh, lotus that goes underwater. Oh, yeah. Um, the theme tune is Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon. Oh. Uh, it, the opening scene is the bit where he skis off the mountain and opens his, uh, opens his parachute and it's a Union Jack. God, I want to watch it right yeah. now. I'm moistening as he speaks. Got, basically, it's got it's all of the best bits of Bond are all in that one film. Uh, who's the uh, the uh, the muse? Who's the uh, uh, Barbara the Barbara Buck plays? Uh, who's uh, Ringo Starr's boy? In the town where I was born. He's a Russian. He's Roger Moore's Russian counterpart, and they obviously they're at odds at the beginning, and then at the end uh, they uh, end up together. They copulate. And uh, yeah, so obviously the, the classic thing: Roger's caught in in bed with her in a in a submarine, and uh, and like a M, yellow and, submarine. M goes, well, what, what are you doing, 007? And Roger just turns the camera and goes, keeping the British hand up, sir. Nobody does. It better. Ringo Starr appears from somewhere. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he was married to her at that point. I think she. It was, she only became, he only became aware of her because she was in that film. Because she was in a submarine. Yeah. Only keeps his eyes on all submarine-based uh, <laughs> films. Got you. It's like it's that. Um, the Hunter Red October. <laughs> Classic. Crimson Tide. Just loves them all. That's boot. <laughs> That's boot. I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, thank you, sir. Said Thomas. Do you know the actor Naomi Harris? Yes. I deliver fruit and veg to her. She's not in Live and Let Die, though. But, but she's um, in one of the Bond films, isn't she? Yeah, she's in a couple one of them. She plays Money Penny. I deliver fruit and veg to her, and she came to the door the other oh, day. Really? Uh, you exchanged pleasantries? See Should have asked her if she related to Keith Harris. <laughs> that would be weird, wouldn't it? If, if Orville came to the top of the stairs. <laughs> have you got any carrots? <laughs> Is it asparagus season yet? Do you think Keith Harris used to have to change his nappy, or do you think it's just a prop? I know, I'm sure he tried to. Have you seen the uh, Louis Theroux documentary? Yeah, yeah. I watched it fairly recently, actually. It's yeah. incredibly tragic. <laughs> have we ever attacked Orville? No, 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 no. Never? Yeah. No, he's not that sort of person, is he? You can't, you can't get angry with him. I'm, for some reason, I, I'm his dad. I once heard that... When things weren't going well for you, and perhaps when you were drinking, you came off stage and you attacked Orville. Never ever did. You threw him to the ground and kicked him? Never ever done anything like that. Um, I'm eating the Snickers now, it's really delicious. I'm still not, I'm still not a fan of peanuts in chocolate. Well, well. Peanuts, peanuts to me are a, a savoury snack. Interesting. 
Americans love peanuts in chocolate. Basically, anything you buy in America has got peanuts in chocolate in it. Peanut butter is just huge, yeah. isn't it? Right. I'm amazed anybody in America has got a peanut allergy because they, because literally everything is full of peanuts and there's peanuts everywhere. Mm. <laughs> you, you think that Why? any peanut allergy, allergy allergic people would have died by now? Uh, why is that? There's probably some sort of, I don't know, subsidy on the peanut farms or something like that. So they're obliged to put it. It's like because they put corn syrup and everything, don't they? Because there's a subsidy on the corn farms. They grow a lot of peanuts out, out west. Mm. Old, what's his name? Wasn't he? Um, Jimmy Carter, peanut farmer. Well, exactly. And um, our mutual friend Tommy Longworth bought a job lot of promotional items uh, for the Jimmy Carter uh, presidential campaign. Oh, they like little gold all, peanuts or something like that? Little gold monkey nuts, yeah, yeah. On, on chains, yeah. Although they're supposed to be put on chains and they were like, they gave him out to promote Jimmy Carter during his... No wonder he won that election. I'd love a little gold peanut. Yeah, yeah who, who wouldn't love a little gold yeah. peanut? Even if you've got an allergy. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think the Snickers ice cream was a winner. Um, you got the uh, chocolatey ice cream, the caramel, the peanuts, obviously, and then the... Peanuts! Peanuts! Yeah. Not about it really for me. Um, let's see. If, let's see if I can have one. I'll have one more bag out of my bag of tricks. Do you eat crisps uh, in between these chats that you do? N- not really anymore. No. I mean, occasionally if I'm hungry on the move, but not don't want to eat a meal, I might yeah. pop in and buy a bag or something. Yeah. But I definitely eat far fewer crisps now than I used to before we started doing this. Here we go. Oh, Lotto. So Lotto, where are they made? I think they're Romanian, mate. Romanian, here we go. So I've got some <laughs> <laughs> So I've got some Romanian some best foods and taste. Best foods Lotto Mega Nuts. So we've got mega a, bit of a, nuts. a bit of a nut theme here. So these are peanut themed by the looks of it. So there's a picture of a squirrel, or maybe a chipmunk. Yeah. On the front there, there he is. Look. I don't know, he's quite close to... Alvin. Quite close to some copyright infringement there, I reckon. Um, and there's a picture, there's pictures of hazelnuts each side. Yeah. And then monkey nuts at the bottom. So I don't know actually what flavour they are. Is that just a warning that there's traces of nuts in, in this bag? Of... You think they're like... There's a lot of people who are nuts in Romania, so they have to... <laughs> Corn snack with peanut paste. Mm, so peanut the, pic- paste. The, the hazelnut pictures are entirely misleading. There's no hazelnuts in this. Open. 89p, by the way. Oh! They certainly do smell peanutty. Oh. Oh. <laughs> they sort of like a Watsit consistency. They look like they're going to be a Watsit consistency because they certainly have the, the shape and the shape. Yeah. And feel. But you know, um, there's that pa- that packaging that, that um, <laughs> yeah, computers and yeah. stuff come in. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insulation foam. But it's, te it's technically edible because it is made of starch. Not, not the yeah, plastic yeah, yeah. stuff, the starch stuff. But then you go, oh, it's edible, and then you bite into it. And it doesn't quite dissolve yeah. in your mouth properly. Yeah. You just sort of like, it's very dusty, is it? It just flattens. Yeah, weird. Have you, you, you find in quite a lot of uh, shops in grocery shops in London, they've got baskets full of those huge bags of that sort of stuff. It's just, and they're very, like, yeah, weird. Is it, the flavour, though, the flavour is alright. It must be so cheap to make those things. Yeah. But it does taste of peanuts. Fair play. So, <laughs> Fair play. If you wanted something... If you didn't want to buy a bag of peanuts, I don't know what... <laughs> if you had an allergy. Yeah, if you had a peanut allergy, I don't know. Why wouldn't you buy a bag of peanuts, actually? They're quite... They're quite you think... Um, it's a bit of a rigmarole to um, de-shell them, isn't it? Well, just buy a bag Isn't of shelled peanuts. Uh, quite expensive. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like... I, you, what you, I can see why these are not something that you can normally buy in Britain by a British manufacturer. Because I imagine yeah. most British people would go, why do I want something that tastes of peanuts that just isn't peanuts? But it's like... It's like with most... Crisp flavours. But like Lotto, Lotto do a pizza flavour, which is, you know, ridiculous. They, really, they don't taste like pizza, but, but they've got a kind of but pizza, tangy, cheesy. But pizza isn't a pizza isn't a direct rival to crisps, though, is it? Whereas peanuts are. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's like the same reason you don't get pork scratching flavour crisps. Well, we're, we're kind of we're, we're treading towards a, uh, a, a an area of discussion that we've not really uh, ventured into yet. What? Which is nuts. Yeah. We actually should do a nut special, shouldn't we? Nut special. These are quite Moorish, though. Best before seventh <laughs> of February mm. this year, so. I'm sure that wouldn't make a difference. It's good. It's good that I'm getting through these stale bags, really, isn't it? We can stop. It's good. Once lockdown's over, we'll start afresh. Yes, so like I'm playing PlayStation or Xbox. Like I don't want the grease because that, that affects my playing style, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I crush them all up in the bag. Yeah. So just straight into my mouth, to my mouth.